This is episode 132 of Relate on what casting directors look for with Katie Griffin. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real-life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and welcome to another episode of Relate. Today, our guest is Katie Griffin, who is a casting director that has handpicked talent for the likes of NBC Universal, Nike, RCA, TLC, and Justin Timberlake, to name just a few. She never fails to find the right person or the right hundreds of people for the most specific and urgent casting needs. She is an incredible casting director who puts a lot of heart and empathy in her work, as you'll discover when listening to this episode. Some key takeaways for this episode. Number one, you will learn about what casting directors look for in auditions outside of actors being right for the character. You'll also learn what the entertainment industry is all about. What is mutually exchanged between two parties? And also, what should actors start with when they enter the audition room? In this episode, you are getting a wide variety of great insights from one of the leading casting directors. She has worked in New York City, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Miami, and a wide variety of different locations. And she is here today to share her wealth of experience. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave me a review. I would really appreciate hearing your insight. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest of Relate, Katie Griffin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Relate podcast. Today, we have Katie Griffin joining us. Katie, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Patrick. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to have you here because on, on the Relate podcast, we talk to a lot of people in the entertainment industry just because at being an actor myself, I really believe that we have a unique take on what it means to connect to each other as human beings, what it means to really dive deep in our humanity. And I think that's more important now than ever before with all of us being home all the time, you know, attached to our screens at all moments. And I really want to elevate the work of casting directors because I think that you especially have really this, this keen skill set of being able to get to know a person, get to know an actor, and how their persona, their their personality, or how their embodiment of a character can fit into a larger story. And I think that there's a lot of humanity and empathy that goes into that. So I'm very excited to have you here on the show and to dive deep into the work that you've had throughout your long career. Well, thank you. 
So I'm wondering if we could just start off by maybe just sharing a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Uh, Where are you from initially and what led you into the casting profession and why were you drawn to it? Sure. Um, So I'm originally from Philadelphia um, and I was a child actor. Um, I went to college for musical theater. Um, I had dreams of being on Broadway. So I'm a singer. I'm a singer first and an actor. Um, And I went to college for musical theater. I graduated with a, um, a degree in music. I double majored in music theater and I double minored in film and television. Um, I assisted a casting director in Miami uh, just to kind of get my foot in the door as an actress. And I was finding that all of the people who I was casting in my mind, they were actually getting cast for the projects. So oh, I wow. thought, yeah, like maybe I might have a knack for this. And so I assisted this casting director on feature films, episodics, commercials, even telenovelas. Um, And then I moved to New York to pursue a career in casting. So I worked in reality television for about 10 years. And that's where uh, I started to cut my teeth in producing. So, um, you know, I was doing that for 10 years, uh, casting real people while still utilizing all of the skill sets that I had learned from, you know, casting legit work, legit projects. Um, And I was putting that into my reality casting work. Um, Then I started, you know, still wanting to gravitate back towards uh, casting actors. So um, I was tapped to cast some music videos and commercials. And I just kind of did that in my spare time. And, you know, it started to really pick up. And then that's when I decided to launch Katie Griffin Casting around 2011. And from there, I've cast children's scripted series, true crime series, documentaries, voiceovers, music videos, commercials, short films, the whole gamut. Wow, that's it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I love to at what you were saying before of when you, you were kind of casting things in your head when you were working. I think it was uh, when you said you were working in school or, or working as an actor. And I think it, it really is this amazing skill set that casting directors have of being able to really pinpoint certain actors that would be right for roles. And I think that's what really makes the entertainment industry in general so appealing to the masses is that we will watch a show, maybe we'll watch a play or a movie, and we start to relate to these characters and we really become very invested in these characters. And I think I think that's something that has really drawn me a lot to the entertainment industry is the, the storytelling that's behind it. And so with that said, I would love to know what you enjoy most about working in the entertainment industry, really having worked in this field ever since you were a kid. Yeah. So I can say no surprise here, casting. Casting is my favorite aspect of the entertainment industry. I love what I do. I've been working in casting since I was 21 years old. And here we are 20 years later, and I still have the same passion that I had when I was a kid. I love the process of finding, you know, the right talent for my clients' projects. Um, I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to, to be the second the studio door closes and we're rolling on that audition. I find that very thrilling. And I also find it very thrilling to see talent on screen or in print who I've cast because I know that I was part of creating that. 
And what do you think is so thrilling about it? Oh, everything. Um, you know, going through the audition process, having that person open the door, put their things down, stand on their mark, show us their vulnerability, be completely honest and true to the character. There's something very magical about that, about that whole process of the audition. And then going through the steps of, you know, booking, telling an agent or telling an actor that they've landed the role. Out of hundreds of people, you've landed that role. There's something exciting about that every single time I tell an agent or I tell an actor that they've booked, there's something exciting about that um, because I know that I helped, even in the smallest way, I helped them get there. They gave their best, their best delivery. Um, my clients were impressed and then just continuing it on down the whole process of after we book them and after we send them their call sheets and after they get to set and then we hear from the client what an amazing you know day or what a pleasure the experience was working with the actor um yeah that's there's something about that that still gives me goosebumps because i know that i was part of of that right yeah i can yeah. definitely i can definitely understand that because you're really seeing the evolution of this production take place, whether it be a movie, TV show. I know you've also done a lot of music videos as well. And it's, it's really, it, it's fascinating to see the creation of something from nothing into mm -hmm. this sometimes very large scale thing. And I, and yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. I think that, you know, you were saying that casting directors play a, a small part in that. Well, yes, it's one part out of many. I do think that the casting directors, you do play a, a pretty large role. And it's really amazing just to see. I, I particularly love when I see either movies, TV shows, and, and even plays as well, where it's a, an ensemble-based cast. And I don't know if you have any experience with that. I imagine that you do. And if you do, I would love to hear your thoughts on kind of what is that process of putting together an ensemble of actors that all really commingle and flow together very nicely? Sure. Well, uh, putting together an ensemble cast is uh, no small feat. You know, obviously we have to go through and uh, we audition role per role. Then we bring talent back for chemistry reads just to confirm that they are, you know, they work well together. They look right. They, you know, the chemistry between them is like spot on. Then, you know, they are, we need to go through various approval, um, you know, stages until it's time to place them on set. So that process isn't an easy one. Sometimes it takes a lot longer than, you know, a simple, hey, we got to cast this commercial that's happening in, you know, four, four business days, we've got to do a quick casting. So my clients are relying on me to bring the best talent to them. And then the expectation is for talent to just like nail the chemistry while on set um, versus what I had just shared with putting together large ensembles. Um, it's no easy task. And um, when it's a success, it truly, truly is exciting to witness. And if you're a part of it, it's very rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I can't believe just uh, over the years, just some of the 
ensemble casts that have been put together. And I, I'm told a lot of times by casting directors that I do know that a big reason why they love their work so much is because they love actors, because they they really enjoy working with actors. And just from what you're saying and you know, as you speak about being a casting director, your passion really comes through, which is exciting. Why would you say that you like working with actors? Sure. Well, you know, off the bat, I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like to audition. I know what it's like to stand on your mark and get the sweaty palms and the cotton mouth. I know what it's like to forget your name. It's it's really terrifying, and it can it can be terrifying auditioning at times. Um, so I understand that, but I also know what it's like to be completely in character, and the lines are coming from your mouth, and they feel as if they're your own words. That's where it's thrilling too. Acting is thrilling, but so is casting. So. Um, I, I just think I've had the pleasure of working with actors throughout my life. It's, I just, I'm just very satisfied uh, to see how far actors come in their careers after we've worked together. Um, because I just think that their success reminds me of my success and how far I've come in my own career. Well, yeah, and there's something to, and something that has always really drawn me to the industry as well is that Yes, while there's that side that that could be seen as very competitive, very cutthroat, very, you know, it's uh, one person or, you know, only one person could could thrive in a, in a role versus someone else. While there's sort of that mentality of it, uh, I really like the this other perspective of it th that's, uh, it's, it's very communal and, and very collaborative and very... Mm -hmm very team oriented, which I really love. It's, it sounds like that everybody is really willing to put their best foot forward when it comes to putting up a production, whether TV show, movie, play, whatever it may be. And everyone has their role and it's all for like this greater purpose of telling a story. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so that that's what that's what I, I really enjoy about it and really what I'm what I'm getting from you as well with just your experience having been an actor and now you're a casting director you really have a deep understanding of where actors are coming from and it really allows you to I, I at least I would imagine and correct me if I'm wrong but I'm sure it allows you to really form deeper connections with those actors that you then work for or that you work with for many years to come oh absolutely absolutely this is um it's a team effort it's not and it's very interesting because when i first started out in the business as a child um, as a child actor going into auditions i as i shared earlier it was terrifying for me the the casting and uh the audition process back in the day was cold and uh it was unnerving nerve-wracking and um i i strive to do differently that's not how my castings are that's not how i host my castings um and i i do that because this is a team effort i look great when my talent looks great you will look great if i help support you and help prep you in the very best way i can and then you're more apt to booking the job. There's a mutual respect. 
that goes into it. There's mutual trust that goes into it. I need to trust that you are going to deliver your very best for performance and you need to trust that, you know, the booking is a hundred percent legit and that, you know, you will be taken care of. So it's, um, it's a very collaborative and it's, it's, you're, you're relying on a lot of blind trust. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I think too, there's, there is that mentality. I think sometimes with, with auditions and casting directors, I think because like you were saying, it used to be very cold and, and while, yes, there are some audition rooms that still have that cold temperature going on, uh, there are great casting directors like yourself who create a very warm environment for the actors who are going in in order to get the best performance out of them. And, and I really believe in that sort of mentality and could absolutely re resonate with that being an actor, having gone into auditions as well. So with, with that said, I'm wondering if you could share with us what you believe most people misunderstand about casting directors. Awesome. So I actually have two answers to this question, and I'm really glad that you, um, you're asking me this. Um, the first one, the first answer is for the untrained actor. So for the untrained actor, there's often the confusion between a casting director and a talent agent. Every single day, my office receives emails with, with requests for representation, and our response is always the same. We're a casting agency, not a talent agency. Therefore, we do not represent talent. We wish you the best of luck in your search for representation, but through a talent agent. And I post about this on social media as well, just to kind of clear up confusion the casting director is the person responsible for finding talent for each role assigned on a production. A casting director holds auditions for those roles. A casting director acts as a liaison, a liaison between the client, the producers, and the talent agents. A talent agent is the person who finds auditions. They negotiate bookings for the talent that they represent. So a talent agent acts as a liaison between the casting director and their talent. But the casting director is not the talent agent and the talent agent is not the casting director. So uh, that's, that's something that is, uh, it comes up every single day. So that's for the untrained actor. Now for the trained actor, I would say, I often hear that, you know, there's the misconception that casting directors get the final say. And unfortunately we don't, you know, we put the, the best talent forward to our clients and, we can provide input on each actor, but the decision is always up to the clients in the end, not the casting directors. Um, I think additionally, I would just say that like casting directors don't determine the casting specs for each role and specs are created by the writers and the directors and even the producers. So while we submit a few talent who are either like just outside of the specs or, or they're like nowhere near the specs, kind of just to show our clients a few different options for the role based on talent, sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't, but we do not create specs, that's our clients. So oftentimes we'll hear from talent, well, I keep seeing the same um, types of breakdowns with, you know, the Caucasian male doctor. Why is that? Why does the, the race and or ethnicity or gender of the doctor even matter? 
Um, and yeah, sometimes casting directors push the envelope a little bit just to put forth our our you know talent who we feel is like the very best for the role as an option to show our clients what they are missing out on if they only go with a particular spec, but we don't make it our business to kind of shake things up to confuse our clients. It's our job to find, you know, the best talent. Yeah. Stay within the parameters as best as we can. Yeah. I really love these answers that you're providing for these questions. And you're, you're saying you're glad that I asked this. And now like, I'm even, even happier that I asked this because I, th I think what you're saying is really important. I think that especially when actors are coming into this industry or even other people in other forms are coming in this industry as well. There's so many things that we have to learn with regards to the business side of the industry. Of course, many actors who are coming from act acting school are learning about the craft of acting and everything that goes into that. And of course, that's very important. But then there's also this, this business side that, that we have to learn as well, where and a big part of that is figuring out whose role is what and what, what part do they play in the grander scheme of, of the production. And, yeah. and I think exactly what you were saying, the distinction of not only who a casting director is, but also what they do and what their role is, is uh, having a knowledge of that, I think is very super helpful and beneficial for the actors, especially before they go in for an audition. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would also say, um, you know, when you come into an audition, something that I would highly suggest, um, in addition to like improving your audition technique, I would just highly suggest do not walk in and start the casting off with an apology. I can't stress enough that you should never start off any audition or any interview because that's what an audition is with an apology. I would just say like act as if we're all working together, act like you've already booked the job and we're just, we're just simply rehearsing because apologizing when you walk into the room, you're starting off from a place of weakness rather than a place of confidence or strength. I love that a lot. And I, I, I've heard too that it's, it's very common actually for actors to go in and start apologizing, whether it's about them being late or whether it's about, you know, something with the, the sides or the audition material. And that actually leads very nicely to, to my next question that, that you really already started answering, which is, you know, you, you have the opportunity as a casting director to be in so many auditions all the time, seeing a wide variety of different actors and talent on a daily basis. And especially nowadays, seeing those auditions via self tape as well. And so with that said, I'm wondering if you could just share with us, we, we have a lot of actors and performers who, who listen to this podcast. I'm wondering if you could Share with us, what, what do actors tend to get wrong in auditions and what would be your advice for improving their audition technique? So it would be apologizing. That's, I see that um, in every casting, not from every actor, but in every casting, I'll, I'll have, um, you know, a pretty large percentage of actors uh, come in and apologize. And um, 
I just, I don't, I don't want you to come in, um, starting off with, a in a place of weakness. I want you to come in strong and confident. I would say act as if we are, you know, just like I said, we're simply rehearsing. Um, we're all friends. We want you to win. We want you to book this job, come in, uh, from a place of strength and confidence and just keep in mind that casting wants talent to succeed always because think about it if i brought you into my casting session then that means that i trust that you're a good actor and good enough to book the role so please 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 trust that i'll advocate for you as soon as you leave the room but that means that you have to trust in yourself that you're going to bring your very best to the audition and that doesn't include apologies I really love that a lot. That's something that I feel like I've only learned personally within the last few years that when you go into an audition, the people on the other side of the table are on your side. They want you to succeed. They really want to, you know, see your best work. And I, I love what you were saying too about going into the audition and acting as if you're already doing the job together in, in this collaborative environment. And and also to see it as more of an interview, almost like a job interview, where you're really putting your best foot forward. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier with everybody, once you're working on a production, everyone is putting their best foot forward for that production. I feel like it's probably the same way for an audition, where if you're putting your best foot forward and the casting director wants that from you as well, it's going to be a so much more effective audition. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Yep. And so when an actor comes in for an audition, outside of being a great fit for the character, you might have someone that comes in and immediately you're like, okay, this person, <laughs> this person is perfect for that role. I'm, I'm sure that happens uh, quite a few times. In addition to that, though, what would you say is the main thing that you look for in actors? Okay, so the main thing that I look for in actors, aside from the talent, is professionalism. So if you're a professional in your audition, if you seem pleasant during our interactions, um, if you're a conversationalist, um, if you take direction well, then I feel confident in booking you. As casting directors, we take a chance on every actor we bring in, every single time. We have to completely trust that if we book you for the role, that you'll show up and that you'll show up on time and you'll be easy to work with on set and that you'll deliver the very best performance and then my clients will be happy. And that's, a, like I said earlier, that's a lot of blind trust. So that's why I'm completely transparent, I'm completely accessible, and I'm completely responsive throughout the casting process from like the breakdown to auditions to booking, even, you know, sharing call sheet info, because I need you to trust me if I'm going to trust you. Yeah. I love that a lot because it really is a matter of trust and something, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that we talk about a lot on this show is about the importance of meaningful relationships in our, both our personal and, and professional lives. And, do you think that a lot of people who enter into the entertainment industry, and I guess in this case, I'm specifically talking about actors, 
do you, do you run into situations where a lot of actors don't have that sort of mindset when it comes to professionalism? Or do you find that most of the actors at the point where you bring them in for an audition really have a, a good, good mindset when it comes to professionalism in the industry? Yeah, well, you know, I can say that, that this is a business of mutual respect and it's a business based on blind trust. I personally have been burned a handful of times by talent who they either decided to bail on a job at the last minute or, you know, pull a bait and switch after I booked them. And I have a reputation for being a very nice casting director, but as nice and as kind as I am, I do have boundaries and I do not tolerate talent who sabotage my business. So I just won't work with them again. But I find that for every actor who doesn't respect a booking, there's at least 100 professional actors waiting to fill that role. Yeah, that, that is very true. There's definitely a, a plentiful array of actors, uh, with, you know, with, without a doubt. And I, I think what you're saying, too, it's so important for everybody to remember. And, and I think when it comes to professionalism, it really doesn't take too much work. It's really just kind of going the extra mile, just really putting in just a tiny bit more work to really be professional in those kind of settings. I think that a lot of times it's easy to fall in the trap of being lazy, but when people are being lazy at the expense of a relationship that they have with a casting director or, or with someone else in the industry, it really, the, all those small lazinesses, <laughs> so to speak, mm. could really add up over time and be very detrimental to a career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, there's a handful of people I will not work again based on continually being burned by them. Um, you know, it's like any relationship. You have to foster the relationship, um, whether it's impersonal or professional. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is in regards to, you know, professionalism, this is something, if it's, if it's at all possible for an actor, I would highly recommend for talent to arrive to an audition at least 15 minutes before their actual audition time, simply to get relaxed, sign in, sit down, cool off, use the restroom, take a look at the sides. Maybe the sides have changed. Um, maybe you're being partnered up with another actor. Um, yeah, just be, um, don't arrive at the time when your auditions uh, appointment is slotted. That means that you, you are late. If you arrive at that time, you need to arrive early. And so we can bring you right in. Because if you think about it, if you are late, then that pushes the next actor out, which then pushes the next actor out. It becomes a chain reaction, which then adds on time to our day and then causes us to end up being wildly over time. Um, and it's just, it's kind of disrespectful. So if at all possible, please arrive 15 minutes earlier. Um, even if it means they say, hey, we're not ready to take you in, at least you're somewhere in the vicinity. So you have parked, you've entered the building, you've signed in, you've used the restroom, you've sat down, you've relaxed, you've taken a moment to get into character, anything to help you book the role so you are 100% present.
Yeah, there's the old mantra that if you're early, you're, you're on time. And if you're on time, you're late. And you're late. I, yeah, I think that that's definitely great advice. And I think it, it, I would absolutely agree with you on that, that it really allows actors to get into the mind space of of or you know the headspace before going into the audition if they get there earlier it really allows them to kind of get settled uh, and as opposed to if they got right when they got there and then they went right inside to the audition room that that would definitely be rough sure i mean you you're still in um you're still in a headspace of um did i put enough money in the meter um i'm thirsty i need a drink um my stomach is growling i need to use the restroom you're still in some other mind space you are not actually in the moment if you are arriving on time on at the time that you are supposed to go in for your audition um i can also add to that mantra there's one more aspect that casting directors follow. If you arrive late, that means you didn't book the job. So early is on time, <laughs> on time is late. Any time after that means you lost the gig. Right, right. I think that that's really good to a, a good continued mantra to stand by. And I could definitely understand that too, because if an actor can't be on time for an audition, how can you expect them to be on time when they're shooting on set or or for a, a production, I think it's it's a really good rule to live by. And I think also it, it allows casting directors to really parse out people based on the professionalism, which is, you know, what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So I would love to dive into a, a little bit about some of your favorite projects that you've worked on. You You've had this incredible career and obviously have so much insight into the world of not only casting, but the entertainment industry at large. You've worked on so many projects. And I'm wondering if you could share with us maybe just a couple projects that maybe were not necessarily your favorite, but ones that you felt really proud of throughout your career. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I think for me, like what comes to mind off the bat very, very early on in my career, uh, Cash Cab. Cash Cab helped me cut my teeth in Gorilla Street casting. Our oh, that's worked. such a that's such yeah. a fun show too. It, <laughs> I it, love is, that. it is it is as fun to cast as it is to watch. I can <laughs> assure you that. Um, our team was all over the city scouring smart people who were like real, real good TV quality, TV worthy characters. Um, and this was all done before the days of social media. This was the early 2000s. So I can tell you, I went to Mensa meetings, quiz nights, um, Scrabble game nights, any place where I could find people who would pass the test while I was under this ruse of like a fake show because we had to maintain the element of surprise. So that was, that was a show that really helped, um, help me cut my teeth in gorilla casting. Um, it's non-traditional casting, but my, uh, my toolbox has really, really grown over the years. I would also say that um, What Not to Wear, that was also a really fun show to cast because of the element of surprise. 
in addition to the 180 makeovers that the guests received, that was a lot of fun. I mean, they got so many clothes. They got brand new looks and got to work with um, these amazing stylists. So that was really fun. I think too, um, what else? Oh, Whose Wedding Is It Anyway? Uh, that was a very fun show to, to cast uh, because I was able to travel the world with the crew and help plan hundreds of weddings. Wow. Um, yeah, that was actually one of the shows um, that really helped hone my producing skills. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of more. I was doing more than just finding the right person for the role. I was then going out and helping to produce these shows by interviewing them and building relationships um, with airlines and hotels and doing trade outs. I was doing far more than just simply finding the best couple for who had like a really interesting story. Right. It was also, yeah, I was also responsible for helping to create stories too. Um, finding the gem or that unicorn within each person, I was responsible for that. So that was a lot of fun um, doing. And that, those were the early years of, of reality. Um, yeah, what, what is it like yeah. casting for reality shows? Because like you said, it is... I, I guess, and I would assume too, that it's a little uh, untraditional from, you know, casting a, a non-reality series. So well, what is that process like casting for reality shows? Well, it's, it's a little similar in that we do, uh, you know, push out casting notices and we do start to, you know, we will review um, submissions and read stories and look at photos and watch videos. Um, we do host... Um, well, we were using Skype. Now everybody's using Zoom. But at the time, we were using Skype to um, interview these couples or interview these really interesting characters for whatever show it may be. And, um, and you know, we were doing, like I said, guerrilla casting. We were going out into the world and trying to discover and uncover really interesting unicorns to put on television. And in the early days of reality, yeah, of course, when I told people I worked in casting for reality television, sure, people might turn their nose up and say, well, reality, that'll never last. Well, look who's laughing now. Like, how many reality shows are there? And how many <laughs> yeah. reality spin-off shows are there? So these were the early 2000s when reality wasn't that you know, exciting to be a part of. And maybe now it's a little bit more scripted um, because we did used to shoot a lot in Verite um, where we were just rolling and rolling and trying to kind of craft the story along the way. Um, there's no time for that now. Now it's, here's what we've got to cover. You need to say this, you need to do this. And then bing, bang, boom. Um, but I think a, a I think right now the audience has become wise to it and the audience is a really, really smart audience. They're, they're seeing the formula and some are, you know, looking past it and still trying to uh, suspend disbelief and, you know, let's say they believe what whoever their favorite reality TV star is. They maybe believe what the scene is and the circumstances of the scene. And others may say, yeah, I'm just watching it just for, you know, the aspirational uh, life this person leads. But um, 
but yeah, reality TV is, uh, it's, it's definitely its own animal, but the casting skill sets that I use for reality TV or used for reality TV are pretty similar to what I was using for, you know, traditional casting where I'm casting actors. And I still, I still, you know, use the same skill sets. I'm still, you know, fostering those relationships that I have. I'm, I'm still always looking for that very special person, whether it be, you know, an actor for a commercial campaign or, or if it's, you know, an amazing child who I think, wow, this child might have like, this child might have the it factor. Like this child actually has the makings to be a star. Or I see, you know, a chef who I've met, I'm like, your food's amazing as your personality. Why don't you have your own show? So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, it's part of TV or television or not television. It's part of TV. It's part of the entertainment industry. It's part of filmmaking. It's part of storytelling, even music videos. I've, I've had a ton of fun casting music videos and, I've had the honor of casting music videos for Justin Timberlake and Carlos Santana, like literally Mike. That's amazing. Yeah. Wyclef, John Legend, Avicii, like so many different musicians that I've had the honor to cast their music videos. And again, I'm still applying the same skill sets that I have used for many years um, into that art form. Well, I, it's it's really cool from my perspective hearing these amazing stories that you've had throughout your career, these amazing projects that you've worked on. And as I was saying earlier, you could really tell that you have a love and a passion for this work, which makes it all that much more exciting to to chat with you. And I, I'm wondering if you could share with us, how, how have you learned more about yourself through being a casting director and and what has the profession taught you about life in general if we're if we're taking it out on a grander scale i guess outside of the entertainment industry sure so as i had mentioned earlier when i was a young actor audition auditioning i i remember how cold and unnerving it was being in that studio auditioning in front of a casting director or in front of um, a series of people behind tables and the room's dark and you have no idea who's watching you and getting the cotton mouth and forgetting your name. I, I remember all of that. I remember it very vividly. And I don't operate that way at all. Um, I don't consider myself a gatekeeper. Like I said, we're, we're expecting talent to be as vulnerable and honest to their characters during their audition and doing that in under 10 minutes. You know, they need to deliver their very best performances when they stand on their marks. I want talent to succeed always when, when they come in. So I approach my work with kindness, compassion, and I approach it with support. Also, you mentioned empathy earlier. I actually, I am an empath. So I'm highly aware of the emotions of others around me. And I'm very sensitive to that. Over the years, I've, I've kind of learned how to use that gift in my work. So talent, they feel comfortable when they come in and they feel empowered. So when they leave, they felt confident that they gave their very best performance. And then my clients are confident that they viewed the very best talent in that casting and that no stone was left unturned. So I think to answer your question, 
yeah, I've, I've learned so much about my life that I, I apply to my personal life. And then I, I apply my kindness and compassion back into my work. I, 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 I love hearing this. It resonates so much with me. And, and Katie, I really, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the Relate podcast today. And, and not only for taking the time to be on the show, but I also really appreciate your work that you do as a casting director and the perspective that you bring to the casting industry. I think that the, the fact that you are so warm and welcoming to actors, I think really makes a big difference in how actors perform in the room while at the same time making sure that actors are held to a high standard, that they're following that professionalism. And while doing that, also expressing a lot of empathy towards them and understanding kind of the process that they're going through as well. So th thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. This has been like a really nice conversation and I just, I love what I do and I love advocating for the actor. I love empowering the actor. And I really hope that maybe somebody who's listening learned a little bit of a, a little bit about me, but also about the casting process and, and that casting is on your side. Yes. Oh, it's so important. Well, before we head out, where can our listeners find out more information about you and your work? Sure. So um, the listeners can head to my website. It's katiegriffincasting.com. They can follow me on social media. You can find me on all the social platforms. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Katie Griffin Casting. You can follow me on Facebook at Katie Griffin Casting, and you can follow me on Twitter at K Griffin Casting. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure to include yeah. the links to all those in the show notes. So listeners out there, scroll down, click those show notes, check out all the amazing work that Katie is up to. Uh, I've been following you on Instagram for, for a little bit now, and I, I love the content that you post. It's always great to, to just learn, learn from casting directors, being an actor as well, and to just have that, that further insight into the industry. And I'll be excited to, to share this episode with people as well. Before we head out, I have one last question for you, Katie. Yeah. How can we as a society better relate to one another? I think that we can better relate to one another simply just being kind to each other. You never really know what another person is going through. And in this business, it's very tough. This is a business that can eat you up and it can spit you out. You know, sure, thick skin is needed to survive, but at the end of the day, we're all human and rejection can wear on a person in this business. No matter where we are on the food chain, rejection does hurt, especially now that we're in the middle of a pandemic. This industry, we took such an incredible hit with productions being halted and budgets being slashed. And it's very easy to become jaded or depressed if you aren't booking as many gigs as you'd like, or maybe you think your career isn't currently where you expected it to be, or even if you have bills to pay. So I just say, we're all in this together. So please just be kind to each other. What a great way to end the episode. Be kind to each other. Truer words have never been spoken. I cannot agree with you more on that. 
it's now more than ever, I think it's very important that we just show each other kindness. And I think that kindness really goes a long way when you're kind to one person, they are then in turn more inclined to be kind to someone else. And then it, it spreads. I, I can't thank you enough again, Katie, for doing that in your work. Well, thank you. And thank you, Patrick, for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.